0: Welcome to For What It's Worth, a podcast from Raymond James, designed to help you plan, invest, and live smarter.
1: Hi, listeners, and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Paige Lunson. We're glad to have you with us. You can find this episode and more For What It's Worth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RaymondJames.com. Investors have enjoyed a strong first half of the year in terms of U.S. equity performance, with the Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P 500 all posting gains through the end of June. But is this trajectory going to continue, or is the economic recession that was so broadly expected to occur this year still lurking in the third or fourth quarter? Here to share his perspective and mid-year investment outlook, I'm pleased to be joined by Raymond James, Chief Investment Officer, Larry Adam. Larry, great to be speaking with you again. Thanks so much for your time. Great. Thank you for having me, Paige, and I hope you're having a great summer so far. So far, so good. And we could say the same thing for U.S. equities, it seems like. The, the S&P 500 was up about 16% for the first half of this year, and that's roughly 20% above where it was in October of last year. What's been driving this strong market?
2: You know, I think quite simply, I would actually say the wall of worry. And the reason I say that is that if you go back to the beginning of this year, coming into 2023, everyone, for the most part, was negative on the equity market. If you looked at Wall Street analysts as an example, for the first time since at least 2000, Wall Street analysts in aggregate were expecting a negative year for the equity market. If you looked at sediment indicators for the equity market, there were very few people that were actually optimistic. Why? because of all of these risks that were out there lurking, as you mentioned, inflation, a recession, uh, the Fed, a default. But we actually took the other side of that and we're much more optimistic coming into this year because we thought a lot of those risks would ultimately not be as bad as what people thought. And as we've come through the year, that's exactly what happened. If you look at inflation, right? You've seen a very big deceleration in inflationary pressures. The recession, it hasn't happened. The government didn't default. And I think as people have realized that, that's helped push the equity market higher. Now, keep in mind, that really hasn't been earnings pushing it higher. We've had a big PE multiple expansion and that PE expansion is because people feel more comfortable and positive on the markets.
1: Is this a
2: bull market? I think it is a bull market. And truthfully, history would suggest that it's a bull market because very rarely... Do you see a bull market last only eight months? As you mentioned, it started last October. If you look historically, bull markets tend to last, on average, about six years. The shortest bull market, by the way, was right around two years, and that was interrupted by the pandemic. So if you just look at history, you would expect this bull market to continue. But I also look at the fundamentals, and when I look at the dynamics that are underlying this market, I think it moves higher. I think the fact that the Fed is likely near the end of its tightening cycle, that's a positive. I think earnings growth is going to continue to move modestly higher. There's plenty of cash on the sidelines that if just a small portion of that were to come into the equity market, it could push the equity market higher. And then one of the more favorable dynamics that's starting to arise is that corporate activity is starting to unfold in the sense that you're starting to see M&A activity. Buybacks remain healthy dividends are increasing. That tends to be a sign of a bull market that still has some legs to it.
1: Let's talk a little bit about technology. The tech sector experienced about a 30% loss over the course of last year. It's now up 43% in the first half of 2023. How sustainable do you think that level of performance is?
2: Well, I think it would be unrealistic to think that we're going to keep that same pace for the technology sector. I mean, if you think about it, First half of this year, technology was up 43%. That is the largest gain that we've seen in the first six months of a year for the tech space in history. So I don't think that is sustainable, but I do think that tech will continue to move higher. It is one of our favorite sectors. And the reason for that is that technology continues to reinvent itself, right? With the latest iteration being with AI. And I think AI will continue to power the earnings growth for that sector for the foreseeable future. Now, some people will come back to me and say, well, valuations are starting to get expensive for the tech sector. And I would agree if you look at the earnings expected as of today. But I would tell you that historically, the technology sector is known for earnings coming in much better than what people expect. And by the way, tech is the sector that has the biggest beats quarter after quarter after quarter. So if you start to apply a premium over what the earnings are today, really tech isn't as expensive as people think. And then when you look at the way tech companies are run, they're very dynamic. They have the ability to maintain their margins by cutting uh, staff very quickly. And I think you've already seen that start to happen. I think tech will be able to navigate if in fact we do eventually have this recession that we're talking about. So it continues to be a sector that we like
1: six months ago, nine months ago, a year ago, across the industry, so many professionals were talking about an economic recession. In fact, I think we might have called one of the last times we spoke, Larry, this was one of the most forecasted, most talked about recessions in the United States. We were hoping it was going to be a mild one. So far, we haven't seen that come to fruition. Why not? So I would
2: say there's three things, and they are the fact that We've had healthy job creation. We've had excess savings. So if you look at a lot of people's bank accounts, they've had more money than they've really seen ever in their bank accounts. And then you've seen continued unprecedented spending when it comes to spending on services. Now, unfortunately, that can't last forever. And as we sit here right now, you're starting to see these positive factors starting to fade. So, for example, when it comes to job creation, I do think – that the job market is not quite as healthy as what some of those job numbers are showing. And our economist believes by the end of this year, job growth is going to slow and actually turn negative by the end of this year. When you look at that excess savings, yes, it got up to $2.1 trillion last year at its peak. It's now under a trillion dollars. And by the end of this year, our forecast is that that will be completely evaporated. And then when it comes to spending on services, you are starting to see the early signs of stress when it comes to services. If you look at, for example, the restaurant industry, for the first time since the pandemic, you're actually starting to see it in contraction. When you looked at some of the headlines that came out over the last couple of days with Disney, you're starting to see the attendance and the spending at the Disney parks starting to soften. And I think there is something going on with airfare in the sense that while it may be packed right now at the airports, airfares are actually down 14% versus where they were last year. So I think you're starting to see some softening. And as we come through what we're calling the summer of travel revenge too, which is where we are right now, as we go into later part of this year, I think you could see some softening when it comes to uh, spending on services that could negatively impact the economy
1: do you expect that softening to potentially kick off a recession either later this year or maybe 2024?
2: You know, our base case uh, forecast is that we do have a a recession starting uh, as early as the fourth quarter. But I think it's important to emphasize that we think it is going to be a very mild recession, probably the second mildest that the U.S. economy has ever seen. And the reason I say it's going to be mild is that I look at a bunch of dynamics. First of all, when it comes to time, our economists believes it's going to last for about six months. Historically, recessions last for about 10 months. We think we're going to subtract about a half a percent, if you will, from GDP growth. Well, usually it's about two and a half to three and a half percent subtracted from economic growth. When it comes to jobs being lost, on average, you lose about three and a half million jobs we think it's going to be a half a million. And when it comes to earnings growth, I don't really see a big implosion in earnings for the S P 500. I think it'll only be roughly around a half to 1%. So I think it's going to be very short, and I
1: think it's going to ultimately be very mild. Given some of that recent economic data that you've mentioned already, things like decelerating inflation, slower employment growth, we've even seen, you know, softening in some housing costs. What do you expect we'll see from the Federal Reserve in this second half of the year?
2: Well, I I actually think the Federal Reserve should have should end the tightening cycle now. And the reason I say that is because when you look at the data that, that you were just articulating, right? It's moving in the direction that the Fed wants, meaning that inflation is coming down, the economy is slowing. It's just not happening at the pace they want to see it, and I think it's important to have patience because the economy does get impacted by higher rates with a lag. Now that being said, if you listen to the rhetoric of the Fed officials, we do think that there that there will be one additional rate hike that will occur this July, but that the Fed will then be on hold the remainder of this year, and then they'll actually have to cut at some point starting. Uh, in the early part of 2024.
1: Can you give us an overview of what you think we might see from some different sectors over the rest of the course of this year?
2: Yeah, with, with the expectation that you could see a mild recession, I do think that selectivity is going to be important during the back half of this year, particularly. So we like four sectors. As I mentioned, I still like the tech sector, it continues to reinvent itself. I like the healthcare sector, Because when I look at the visibility and earnings, I'm I'm sure a lot of people on your call have gone to try and get something done at a a hospital or a healthcare facility, right? They are Mm jam-packed. So I think the visibility and earnings and revenues for the healthcare sector remains very uh, good. Plus the fact that if in fact you have some volatility, healthcare teams seems to be one of those sectors that does well in those types of conditions. And then my two final sectors, I think that there are catalysts out there that could unleash a lot of value in these two sectors that have been pretty big laggards year to date. And they are financials and energy. And the catalyst that I think will help the financials is that when the Fed does end a tightening cycle, that'll probably help serve as a catalyst for those uh, companies to go higher. And then within the energy sector, we believe that energy prices or oil prices are going to move higher by the end of this year. In fact, our Forecast for uh, oil is $85, which is pretty ha- significantly higher than where it is today in the low 70s. If that comes to fruition, that will help propel the energy sector earnings. And I think that's a sector that could do well at the back half of this year.
1: Larry, we're so appreciative for your perspective. I've got a final question for you. And it sort of connects to how you opened this episode. We were talking about, you know, what's been driving the strong market. And you mentioned that some of it was just the, the wall of worry that existed heading into the year and things sort of beating those expectations or being better than maybe they were feared to be. Sentiment has such a role in all of this. What guidance do you have for investors as you know they digest a, a strong start to the first half of the year, especially in terms of U.S. equities, but they also look ahead to the economic uncertainties that are, that are still before us?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great question to to end with. And I guess I would say don't follow the herd and that diversification is key. And the reason I say that is that as we talked about at the beginning of the year, everyone was saying that they wanted to invest in cash and avoid equities. But if we fast forward to today, cash is up a paltry 2% and the S&P 500 is up 16% with tech being up more than double that. So my point, once again, is that it's really difficult to try and time the market and diversification remains critical for the success of long-term investors in achieving their goals and objectives.
1: Our Raymond James Chief Investment Officer, Larry Adam. Larry, always great to speak with you. Thank you so much again for your time today.
2: Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure.
1: Listeners, thanks for tuning in. You can find more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RaymondJames.com, so be sure to subscribe. For what it's worth, I'll see you next time.
0: All opinions and information, including any price references or market forecasts, correspond to the recording date listed in this episode's description. Any performance figures noted do not include fees or charges, which would reduce an investor's returns. The information contained in this podcast is not research, nor does it constitute the provision of any investment, financial, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or recommendations to the listener. Raymond James and its financial advisors do not provide tax or legal advice, and you should discuss any tax or legal matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance is not an indication of future results. There is no assurance any investment strategy will be successful. Investing involves risk, and investors may incur a profit or a loss. Investment products are not deposits, not FDIC and CUA insured, not insured by any government agency, not bank guaranteed. Subject to risk and may lose value. Copyright 2020 Raymond James and Associates Inc. Member New York Stock Exchange. SIPC. Copyright 2020 Raymond James Financial Services Inc. Member FINRA. SIPC. Raymond James & Associates, Inc. and Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. are affiliates of Raymond James Bank.